Hello, friends. This is Spirituality for Ordinary People. My name is Matt Bruff. I'm a pastor and an author, and I'm glad you've taken a moment to just listen to this short reflection on the narrative arc of Scripture. Reading is interpreting. We know this more keenly than ever because we interpret all the time. You receive an email announcing that you have won a cruise. You read just a bit of it, and already you have done your interpretation. It is spam or a scam. You delete it or you send it to your junk mail folder. You read a news story and wonder if they have really gotten all their facts straight. Where is the news from? Is it the Globe and Mail or the National Post? Is it NBC or Fox News? You interpret what you read or watch accordingly based on the source, on your beliefs, and probably a host of other things. The same goes for novels, plays, movies, TV shows. You are reading or watching and interpreting all the time. Reading the Bible isn't any different. We don't just read and get the facts or the plain meaning. Interpretation happens. One of the most important things to pay attention to in interpretation is what we can call the narrative arc of Scripture. When reading the Bible, one must really enter the world of the story. We often zero in on something small when reading scripture, but we also must zoom out to take in the wideness and wonder. We aim to resist proof texting, quoting a single verse to just prove a point. Instead, we read one verse in light of another, a story in light of the law, a letter in light of a psalm, a series of proverbs in light of the book of Job, and on and on. So knowing something about the overall arc of Scripture is important for us as we interpret particular parts of Scripture. When starting at the beginning, we discover that God created all that is and called it good. This seems to be as good a founding principle as anything. Creation is good. The animals are good. Human beings are good. Then there is a fall from original goodness. Things get twisted or distorted, and then, as we read forward in the story, there is a grand restoration. We could see this narrative arc as life, death, new life, remembering always that there is an original goodness. So any time we come up against a thought or a whisper or a hint of anything in all creation and most especially humans called images of the divine being talked about as less than, we know that this is simply not in line with the overall arc of scripture that is emphatic about the high worth and goodness of all that has been created. The arc of scripture points to prevenient grace, a technical term that basically means grace before anything else. God's grace is not primarily seen as a response to some terrible thing that humans have done. It is not, the al- it is not that the Almighty is waiting 
up there, watching for us to slip up, to transgress, so that he can decide suddenly at that point to be gracious. No, God's grace is the starting point. God is gracious. God's love is a constant in good times and bad, when we get it right and when we get it wrong. The overall arc of scripture points to creation and then recreation. There is something new that God is doing. It also points to God being all about justice and grace at the very same time. Justice and grace are not opposites in God's way of doing things. They belong together. But the overall arc of scripture is not usually best communicated in concepts, but in story. This is why we might call it, really, the narrative arc of scripture. There is a story of God with a particular people. There is wandering in the wilderness, the experience of exile from home, and there is jubilation of return. There is a garden with a tree of life at the beginning, and then a broken relationship between God and humans, and then stories about gardens and a tree of life and the reconciliation of God and humans toward the end. There is certainly far more that could be said about the narrative arc of scripture, in particular, what to do with the more challenging bits. But the important thing for us is that we enter into the narrative. You see, we are shaped by story, and this particular story that keeps speaking and keeps being retold has deep truth and deep wisdom. It is worth interpreting. You enter this particular story and it becomes your story. Life, death, new life, wandering in the wilderness, exile from home, the promised jubilation of return, broken relationships and a loss of the ease of life in the garden and a longing to find a way back. A story of God who enters human life as a baby born in the most humble circumstances, whose mother sings of the powerful being brought down from their thrones and the lifting up of the lowly. A crucifixion, humiliation, and abandonment, and yet a resurrection and vindication. You enter this story and let it shape you more than all the other competing stories out there. So interpreting this grand narrative with all the stories, letters, poems, laws, prophecies, and sayings that it holds becomes quite important. And so I encourage you to stick with it to interpret this text, to enter this story. If you're listening to this in the middle of November 2023, I'm leading a workshop on November 18th at 9.30 in the morning on imaginative interpretation of the Bible. It's in person only at my church, so if you're in Winnipeg and you'd like to come please email me at matt at mattbruff.com, matt at m-a-t-t-b-r-o-u-g-h dot com. Or if you'd be interested in this workshop being on Zoom, 
uh, sometime in the future, maybe doing an online version of this workshop to talk all about engaging our imaginations as we interpret, uh, just email me and let me know that you would uh, love to have that and you're interested in it. And if there's enough of you, uh, we will set up a time for that to happen. Thanks for listening today. Take care.